0: We are back. Week two just finished. We got to watch Maher's Eagles on primetime. I am joined today by Nick Pizzuto out in Atlanta in Maher 27 down in Southern California. We are brought to you by RoyalRetros.com. Go to RoyalRetros.com. Use promo code UPSIDEPLAY. Get 10% off that order. I'll I'll start with me, um, as I always do. I I always say that I I didn't want to make this a 49ers thing and you know, maybe I'll let you guys chime in. Um, we all saw – we saw Trey go down, uh, dislocated ankle, fractured ankle. It was it was a tragedy, tragedy on the field. So I'll, I'll start with you guys on Trey Lance and, uh, I mean, the outlook, I guess, for the 49ers, but really thought immediate thoughts after the injury. What did your brain first go to after we saw Trey Lance go down? Um, <laughs> to be honest, my
1: immediate thought was like, all right, this is, this is easy now. Like all the kind of like, I know there wasn't really controversy. This was Trey's team, but he hasn't really shown what people expected from him. So, you know, there was that little chatter. Oh, Jimmy was in against the bears. Then Jimmy would have won, you know, all of that. So I think it's now like, all right, well, now you have no choice. You can't say that Jimmy's your guy and there's nothing you got to do about it. It would have been the same thing if the Niners traded Jimmy and Trey Lance was the only option, you know, but, um, it's sad. It's sad. I think it's better for the Niners without like rambling on, um, this year, maybe
0: not actually shit. I really don't know. Um, it's really, (laughs) I like that for for Trey Lance, you know, (laughs) that is all of us like that's pure emotion right there. They're just like completely expressed. And, and I, I could say it best as you know, like something tragic just happened, right? Like for a 49ers fan, that was just the absolute worst outcome. And I'm sure we've seen other chatter from major media outlets. Um, when something tragic happens, your first reaction, and, and this is on the field, off the field, football, non-football, when something tragic happens, your first reaction is to find someone to blame, right? You, you want someone held responsible for what is hurting you so much. And if you woke up and you thought Kyle Shanahan should be fired, you're a fucking idiot. I understand that you have an initial reaction and you want someone to blame, but I I just want every 49er fan to just like sit back, think rationally about this. We knew the RPOs were coming. We knew that Trey Lance was going to be involved in some sort of run game, whether you liked it or not. We knew that we had to be a successful team while developing at the same time. And you can't get those two things done um, simultaneously. Um, And we were, we were trying to do that. And so, I think Kyle Shanahan, yes, he should hold some kind of accountability for it because I mean, in retrospect, he he was running QB powers, but I I looked at the numbers a little bit. A lot of these are option plays three plays before that we ran the same exact play. He pitched it to Debo. Debo went off for 50 yards. When looking at the 49ers against the Seahawks, when Trey in 14 plays, 136 yards, that's 9.7 yards per play. We were fucking dissecting the Seahawks. We're, our our offense was great. And so, I mean, we're, it's, it's really unfortunate. It's a football freak injuries happen. We see quarterbacks go down every year. Some of them aren't running quarterbacks. Dak Prescott's knee or ankle two years ago was literally like three different directions. So I, it, it sucks. Jimmy stepped in. He did a great job. Obviously I think I've been noted on this podcast is I, I will believe in Jimmy. I, I was definitely rooting for Trey this year. Um, it looked like 2017 when he was on the field. And I think if we can limit mistakes, we'll be all right. That, that's my genuine thought process right there. And I'm hoping Trey can progress. I hope we're a playoff team. And I've seen people say this could be 12 weeks and Trey could be back around the end of the season. And if so, man, are we going to have a deadly offense with uh, with two guys that are feeling confident. So and- that is Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Just to touch base on that, when you talk about Trey Lance coming back,
0: everybody complaining about how
1: active he's, he's um, being used or something like that, you know, how physical his, well, I guess what they're requiring of him with all of these RPOs. Um, I'd hate to kind of transition to my team and be a little bit of Homer, but the Niners offense is actually very similar to the Eagles offense. And with, I think in a perfect world, they use Trey Lance just like we seen Jalen Hurts use yesterday. You know, they both got these star number one receivers, that number two receiver that can always kind of get open stud tight ends running back by committees and quarterbacks that are elite physically. So um, I think the if they could use them like that, then I mean, you know, he's a physical quarterback. You can't drop the physical quarterback and not want him to play physical. You know, it's just I think the saddest part is. um Watching that investment, you know, like everything that you've given to him. And now this quarterback's out for the first two years, you know, so I think that parts the like the, the harder pill to swallow. But um, I don't think you necessarily change your game plan for Trey Lance. I think if he gets healthy, you come back, maybe you ease him back in the first game. But I think the goal is you got to throw him back in with the same game, game plan that you expected, you know. You've seen after, after Lamar Jackson got hurt, they thrown him back in. This guy hasn't slowed down. They're still running the shit out of that guy,
0: you know? I mean, and and people people will say no other quarterback is used in the way that Trey Lance is used. It's just false. I yeah. mean, the, those are people that just watch 49er games. I saw a lot of people, oh, now we start to throw the ball. If you want Jimmy to run run-pass options, then yeah, have luck. at it, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh that, that's my my mini state of the union we, we had to talk about trey at the beginning um and it, it's i'm i'm honestly heartbroken um my a, a lot of people text me like oh you must be so happy jimmy's in. it's like no dude i'm fucking rooting for this team we're so much more one-dimensional with jimmy garoppolo but again if we limit mistakes i think we can be a playoff team our defense is fucking ferocious um so that's enough 49ers for now yeah, I'm, curious,
1: I'm curious like zudo because i mean i'm obviously an Eagles fan. But I live in California, and I'm surrounded by Niners fans. Despite living in Southern California now, I'm surrounded by Niners fans all the time. So I still kind of monitor the Niners as if I was a Niners fan. For someone completely being outside of that bubble, I'm curious what it seems like for you, Zuda. They're a residents
2: for those at home. I almost think they're in better hands. Like I love Trey Lance, and I think he is the future of this team and this franchise. But Jimmy's a great game manager. And you got guys like Jeff Wilson still averaging what, like eight yards per carry? Jeff Wilson looked great. You got Debo in the run game. You still got weapons and they have a team around them. So for me, as an outsider looking in, I'm not worried about the 49ers. In fact, I, I think they're going to be just fine. Hey, and maybe, I, yeah, oh, I was wow.
1: going to say, maybe you could ex- extend the
2: guy now without having to give him $50 million a year, you know? that That's a lot better too, because a, a lot of these teams get screwed over, you know? you almost have that winning window when you have your quarterback in a rookie contract. Mm-hmm. And then when you have to pay him a bunch of money, then you're kind of salary capped and the rest of your team is screwed over. So I, I think this could help them in the future. Like you're saying in that sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I like I said, I think the team is one dimensional. It's, it's funny that, uh, well, the offense is more one dimensional with Jimmy, I should say, but yeah. it's funny. I, I was looking at the immediate odds to see how far down our Super Bowl odds would dip just so maybe I could place a small wager on it and, we, we went from up. twenty to one to eighteen to one. Yeah, like damn it, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it didn't help me out in that favor. Um, Mike Evans suspended one game altercation with Marcus Lattimore. Every fucking game these guys play against each other. I saw. I saw a tweet. It was. Um, it was Peter Griffin and the chicken from the Family chicken. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's Mike Evans and Marcus Lattimore. Whenever they see each other, I mean, th- these guys are just constantly going to war. Um, so Mike Evans steps in to defend Tom Brady, 45 year old Tom, and, uh, he, he gets suspended for a game for, for pushing Marcus Lattimore, like decleating him. And now today, Cole Beasley gets signed to the Bucks practice squad. There's injuries all over the Buccaneers team. So. Cole Beasley, maybe elevated, maybe by the time week three starts. Um, definitely not. You, you could pick him up. It, it feels like Ken Brown in that aspect where everyone was like, oh, he's not going to play. And then he goes berserk. So Cole Be- Beasley, someone to look out for on your waiver wire. Um, still in the practice squad for now, though. James yeah. Conner goes down with an ankle injury. Didn't return. He's questionable for week three. Um, that, I guess you can go get Daryl Williams, maybe Eno Benjamin. Uh, but the, the Cardinals, they had, a, they had a fun game this week. But a couple big fantasy things that I thought we had to bring up there was Mike Evans should be out next week. He's appealing the process. And then James Conner, questionable for next week. Just to touch base on the Mike Evans thing, um, that was so fun to
1: watch. You know, it's, it just reminded me a little bit about old school football. Just one, how physical they are as players. You know, I know all these receivers now are very dynamic and quick and great route runners, but Mike Evans is like a true... Like reminds me of Andre Johnson, you know these like physical. That was yes, honestly like if Portland Finnegan was a better corner, that's what that fight was, you know. Portland yes, yeah. <laughs> Finnegan throwing these blows. They're division rivals, you know. Defending your quarterback. Like I remember when I was high in high school, I had this high school football coach that got fired because he was just too old school, you know, and and he just couldn't survive in the new age now where you got to like baby all these players and they have more control. And he would always say. Like, I don't care what happens if someone goes after your quarterback or your teammates are in a fight, you go and you jump in. Like, I don't care if your teammates are wrong. You defend your teammates. So it's uh, it was nice to see that, like, almost worth the suspension. You know, let's, let's hope that the Bucks don't lose, like, a home field advantage or a playoff game by one game, you know, and they mm-hmm. somehow lose next week. But it was, it was fun. That was, like, true football. It, it reminded me of the good old days.
0: And it's funny that you say, uh, I mean, every time we see a quarterback being gone after by a defender, it's usually the offensive lineman, right? It's the yeah. 300-pound guy that comes in. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely refreshing to see Mike Evans get right in the mix. And we all knew he would. He, he's, a, he's a big bully. I mean, he is yeah. one of the bigger guys. And speaking on next week, Tampa Bay does have a big matchup against a very good secondary at home against Green Bay. So that, that's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah. Um, it's a 125 game or a you know, late late slate game, so we'll get a little more uh, viewing time on that one. Yeah, superstar uh, quarterbacks yeah. with no receivers, huh? Yeah, literally right now. It, it was the last problem we expected for the Bucks to have, too. I mean, yeah. they've just gone out and got every name, and they continue that trend with getting Cole Beasley, another hot commodity that was still a free agent. I mean, if Odell Beckham Jr. comes to this team, he's just like Thanos with all the infinity rings. He's just combined all of these old wide receivers that can be effective yeah speaking um, of him his recruitment tour right now is hilarious seeing him on the sideline of all these games yeah i i, I don't know I, I i might be duped on this i don't even want to say it i'll, I'll bring it up after but potentially maybe back home I, I have to go go fact check that but um maybe maybe the giants have been lingering and uh thinking about grabbing odell beckham yeah We'll go to State of the Union. I already talked about my Niners. I I just want to reiterate, our defense is the best in the NFL right now. Right now. Great defense so far. Um, But we'll start with the Eagles. We watched them last night. Played against the Vikings. Um, I got to watch in the home of some Vikings fans. It was a lot of screaming, a lot of yelling. Um, Primetime Kirk Cousins came out to play again. Maher's Eagles look like a top five team in the NFL. And five might be way too low. Um, I've seen a lot of people placing them as a top three team in the NFL right now. My biggest concern about the Eagles was their secondary and uh, Slay, our boy Slay. He was a man yesterday. He was shadowing Justin Jefferson. He got everything done. Got to be feeling good, Mario. Oh, it feels so good. You know, it's
1: very rare that uh, the Eagles look good and play good. It's usually the opposite. You're expecting nothing from them and they go off, or they built this superstar team. I'm afraid to use that word nowadays. And then they completely underperform. But they're looking like one of the more complete teams in the NFL. Um, I was always sure about their trenches. You know, surprisingly, the O-line and D-line have kind of been disappointing. Still playing very good, but not as elite as I expected them play to play. Their linebackers are going off. Kaiser White's going off. Hassan Reddick's playing Monster. nice. Um you know, and their secondary is good. They're solid. They got a very well, well-rounded team. Uh, my biggest question mark going into the season has been Jalen Hurts. And I, you know, he they they do a good job about limiting his deep throws, but he has a guy in A.J. Brown who is completely crazy after the catch. All you got to do is get that the ball in that guy's hands and he makes plays. And they got Quez Watkins, who's just a screamer down the field. All you got to do is throw that ball as far as you can. And he's going to get to it. So that's been nice, but uh, I just love his decision-making. I'm watching that game, and very rarely is he making the wrong decision. He's handing it off on the RPOs when he's supposed to. He's holding it when he's supposed to. He's making his reads. He's throwing accurate passes to guys on the run. Even when a guy's kind of sitting down in the open field waiting for him, he actually leads him and gets him to run to it a little bit. So he catches that ball in stride, and he's spreading the ball around. I think his first five passes were to five different receivers. It's – it was nice it was it was so good to watch and just like really nothing went wrong you know so
0: i've i could talk about this all day
1: but um, it feels <laughs> really good to be eagles fan right
0: now i mean my my biggest concern with jalen hurts when he was a rookie was his completion percentage and how accurate he was and i mean yeah. we're we obviously have a very small sample size but 44 of 63 which is good for 70 percent completion percentage so far he has the highest passer grade i mean i PFF, I trust a lot for offensive line and defensive line grades, but highest passer grade on PFF right now with a ninety point eight. Yes, that's above Josh Allen. Um, sure. he, he's he's been amazing, and um, it's it's the Eagles do such a good job. You brought up AJ Brown and his ability to get yards after the catch. What I noticed last night is they figure out where the soft spot in the zone was, and they get the ball to their playmakers. Devontae yeah. Smith is a very established route runner and he's going to create separation on his own. AJ Brown is very, people think he's just a brute that breaks tackles. He's very smart in where he's planting himself, he's finding the soft spot. He catches the ball and then he breaks tackles. Um, They were dominating over the middle of the field. Dallas Goddard was just a, he was a beast yesterday too. Um, I, I just think your offense couldn't have looked any better. We're getting production out of miles Sanders your defense shut down what everybody thought was an unguardable guy in Justin Jefferson yesterday, um, and Kirk Cousins fucking sucks. Have I said that yeah, yet?
1: It's horrible. Yeah. Um, oh my I think God. up until like the middle of the fourth Everything quarter, him. he had one completion over 10 yards, I think, up until like the middle of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, it, it's just a – Yeah. The, the, my, one, my one concern for the Eagles, though, that um, I've noticed against Detroit, and then I noticed this game against uh, Minnesota – is they'll go into the into halftime looking really good and although they're doing a very good job of playing conservative and killing clock in the second half i'd like to see them not take their foot off the pedal and really go and just completely end it because they're going to put themselves in situations to where the momentum is going to go the other way and you know although you're a very elite team usually when that happens um, it's hard to switch it back your way so i'd like to see them play a little bit more ruthless
0: Zuto, would yeah, you? where do you have the Eagles? Do you,
2: you think they're top five, top three? Where, where do you have them ranked right now? I got them top three. I really wanted to in my heart put them at two, but I went and erased it and put them back at three right now. Um, I really love them, and fantasy-wise, you know, you can't go wrong with Hurts. It's probably too late to buy him, but I I don't think it's ever too late to go and get Dallas Goddard. The tight end, you know, it's tough right now. If you don't have Friar Muth or any of those – few top guys pitts struggling schultz is out um you know you can go out and get irv smith or maybe tyler higby but I, I i love if you can try and if you got the depth for it go after dallas goddard because i mean five for 82 as a tight end without the touchdown i'm very satisfied with that so
0: irv smith speaking of that guy with huge drop touchdown yesterday huge drop oh, my oh yeah, gosh. We, he, yeah multiple but that one he, so bad you gotta credit Kirk Cousins because he he should have had better numbers than he did last night. Mm-hmm. I, I still think he sucks, but uh, I have to bring that up that he he did make a couple of good throws that were just completely dropped. And they the Vikings as a whole, I mean, they came out so hot against the Packers and people were really, real informed because preseason we were like, This is the team for the NFC North. This is the year they take over. Rodgers doesn't have enough weapons, and then they dominate them week one. And we we just we knew it was gonna be a close game. They went in as three point dogs, but the red zone turmoil and uh, the inability to move the ball was just a little too much. Dalvin Cook did not look great yesterday. But all. you guys have one of the best defensive lines in football. I mean, you guys yeah. have Jordan Davis waiting in the, in the balance half the game. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the Eagles are fun team. Um, another fun team. I, I forgot to do golf clap of the week, too. I, I apologize. And I have my question of the week coming after this. But we, we have to give a golf clap for Vince. Vince Shakwa. His team might have lost, but he had a hell of a stardom sit him blog this week. Um, His two wide receiver starts and that he was kind of saying, I'm going to put my stamp on this, plant my flag. Amon Ross St. Brown and Christian Kirk, who both went absolutely nuts for teams that you wouldn't expect to be the top fantasy teams, right? Amon Ross St. Brown had the most rushing yards on his teams and the most receiving yards. Um, I think he had 42 points or something like that in fantasy PPR. Christian Kirk had a monster touchdown, great yardage game again with Trevor Lawrence. So I, I really want to shout out Vince. He had an insane blog this week. Um, great job on the stardom sit him. So shout out to you, Vince. A little golf clap of the week for my guy. Um, Zuno, we'll go over to you, your Falcons. I have lots of thoughts on the Falcons, but we have to start with you. State of the Union after
2: the first two weeks for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, not, not so great. I feel like there's, there's, some, there's some confidence to have. There's definitely bright spots. There's a lot of different looks that the defense has. The defense looks more advanced this year. Um, AJ Terrell didn't look as bad as he did the first week. Um, offensively, I like Mariota. I wish we'd give Ritter a chance right now. Um, London looks great. Um, but- You're on to Ritter already? I think eventually you need to give him a chance because the season's over. Like, what are we doing with Mariota at this point? You know, if we really think Ritter's the future of the franchise, you know, I, I think you throw him in. Uh, Pitts, Pitts is kind of the usage is pissing me off. You, you, you use him a fourth round or a fourth overall draft pick on him. And Arthur Smith's postgame makes that. We all know the this isn't fantasy football. I'm trying to win comment. <laughs> yeah, well, you man. know, maybe throw it to your gigantic tight end instead of using it yeah. as a decoy. So everyone's been saying that. I totally agree. Um, but, you know, for me, I, I said it as a joke because all, all my friends were hanging out, drinking, watching the game. 28 to 3 pops up on the screen. And I go, <laughs> this is the redemption arc. And we almost did it. So yeah. close. So yes, I'm so I'm close. proud of this team. It's a different year. Matt Ryan's gone. You guys know I'm the biggest Matt Ryan supporter. But it just seems like this team needed a change. and needed a culture shift. And I feel like they're rallying behind Arthur Smith a little bit. And maybe even Mariota. Um, so I've got some optimism. But overall, I, I, I we're not making the playoffs. worth, you know, so. Yeah, season's done already, so it yeah. sounds like for you. What, I, uh, what do you think about your running back, by the way? I don't
1: want to mispronounce his name, but I've seen, yeah, seen he got 10 touches. How did he look out there?
2: Um, not not the best. No. I, I personally think – I mean, I think he only had like three three yards of carry or something. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure he, he's – what's his name's – he's not. He's a backup, too. He's like a third stringer. I forgot. Uh-huh. Was that another guy hurt? What's his name? He hurt for him? us. Um, was it from – Oh my gosh, I can't think right now. If someone can maybe find Speaking it. Speaking of Matt there. Ryan,
1: I know you brought up Matt Ryan the other day. I don't know if you guys seen that his uh, Hall of Fame ball is well, okay, we, 83. How bullshit. funny is that? I think that no, was, that was so
2: stupid. I was almost
1: like, I feel like you have to give that guy a courtesy and change that. You know, you can't put <laughs> him put him in the Hall of Fame and completely.
0: You know, <laughs> that is him, awesome. I love that. Yeah, give him PTSD every time he looks at his Hall of story, Fame ball. It's just a story. You know, I mean, he didn't win. Uh, sorry, Zito. Um, I, I, I need to say, the, yeah. I love the Falcons because they just won't stop covering the fucking spread. I mean, every both these two weeks, people were expecting them to get absolutely murdered. And they've covered the spread on, plus, I mean, they were 10-point dogs this week. Almost beat the Rams. Um, I, I don't think enough people are talking about how yeah. the Rams almost lost to them. And the first week against the Saints, they lost on a last-second field goal. I think that Arthur Smith is almost a little validated and I'm trying to win the games. Yes. Kyle Pitts should be involved way more, but he does have the second most targets on the team behind Drake London who almost doubles his targets. Um, that's, that's, that's refreshing though. I mean, you're, you're looking at your, I mean, looking at your offense, you guys have 19 first downs where you're throwing the ball. Drake London's eight of them. He is a go-to guy that seems to be open. He's creating separation. He's, he's open in the middle of the field a lot. You know, he has 160 yards in two games as a rookie. He has two big plays already, got a touchdown. So I think he's going to continue to evolve. I do like your Desmond Ritter take of why not see what we have in him because you guys have Mariota for two years already, right? So might as well see what you have because I totally agree. You're not a playoff team. Inside the trenches, you don't have what it takes to be a playoff team, and that's okay. Might as well develop the weapons and see if you can get chemistry going. Um, But I've been incredibly impressed with how you played because I was expecting you guys to be a shithole kind of team, and you haven't been. You've been in every single – you've been in both of these games. I'm acting like there's been 10 weeks so far. (laughs) But you've been in both games, and, like, it's been down to the wire both times, and nobody had it down to the wire, not even me. So who who do you guys play next week? You guys have the – Not the the Browns,
2: right? No. You guys have the Seahawks? next week. I am taking no, the, the, Falcons. the Seahawks and the yeah. Browns. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm taking the Falcons. I don't care. You guys are covering spreads. That Seahawks like
2: secondary has Where been the like
0: Yeah. And I mean, is uh, Deion Jones isn't going to be back for a couple more weeks. But uh, mm. AJ Terrell, how's he been looking? I haven't been able to watch too closely. I, I've been seeing, you know, on red zone when it peeps in and out. But if AJ Terrell's cooking still, why not take the Falcons next week?
2: We. Week two, he definitely looked a little better. He made some good tackles. Week one, I'd say he got, he definitely got cooked. But um Mikal Walker, our linebacker, who I've always thought was kind of a little bit of a sleeper, he made a lot of really good tackles too. So I just think a lot of people are getting more comfortable in DMPs' schemes and everything. Uh, so even year three, it, it could be even better. I, I think we could finally see the Falcons transition in being a shitty defense every year to maybe like top 20, 15. That's, saying a lot for us so yeah you just need to
0: improve the line
2: teams
1: really turn around when they realize that they're not shitty teams you know and i know that's kind of like weird to say but like once once even as a player once you know that you can compete you know and you kind of come back and do this against the rams you know you look at yourself and you know that like okay we could expect some wins you know like we don't have to just expect to survive like if we hustle like this four quarters we could win some games and i think those are the those are like, I guess we're seeing that with the Lions now, although they've really made tons of moves to turn it around. Yeah. But like those, I think they honestly now feel like they can win any game they're in
0: and rightfully so they should. Yeah. I mean, even last year I I was going to bring up the Lions as well because last year the Lions, they had a shitty record. Yes, but they were in yeah. every game. Like they had so many one score games where they just didn't get it done. And um, th- this is what the Falcons feel like because the Lions have emerged this year. They have Aiden Hutchinson, who had three sacks last a yeah. couple days ago. So I, I, first I totally agree it. on that take. Yeah,
2: no, me too. I was thinking that same thing.
0: Earlier. Um, transitioning here, who do you guys think has been the most disappointing team of the year? Is this your question of the week? No, thus right. far, it, this is the question three. of the week. I, I was just going to keep on rolling with the open-ended oh, ones, let's, let's do it. Okay. We'll, we'll 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 just get we'll, we'll skip start the it off? Of the week. We'll do it next. Yeah, week. Yeah, go ahead. Um, next, okay.
2: No, 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 go ahead. Who's your most disappointing team of the year so far? Oh, for me, it's the Bengals easily. Um, you're looking at the offensive line got worse. Um, Burrow doesn't look that great. I mean, the, the defense is good, but starting off starting off 0-2 now, I, I just don't think it's too great. And you're, you're in a division where the Browns, when they get Deshaun Watson back, are going to be much better. I know Jacoby Brissett is like the worst quarterback in football. But if you're starting (laughs) off 0-2 already with a team that's going to get someone like Deshaun Watson back, you got to be pretty nervous. The Ravens may have blown it against the Dolphins, but the Ravens are contenders too. So I I just think right now the Bengals kind of missed their chance to really start off hot for the season.
0: Yeah, the the Bengals have definitely been – their offensive line, most importantly. Everyone was talking about how improved their offensive line has been, and Joe Burrow is just still (laughs) getting absolutely annihilated.
1: And Um, he does not look comfortable back there. You know, he has this like – i'm a winner type of face especially last year he did not he looked he looked down you know like this is the only way i could say he did not look confident he did not like he was going to go out there and make some plays it's, uh, he's been
0: sacked 13 times in two yeah. games Disgusting. Four, Ex- interceptions, four interceptions three interceptions, touchdowns yeah, That's yeah like in your head yeah oh 100 yeah. average 6.5 sacks a game is a it's it's not a fun time out there for him yeah.
2: Yeah, you gotta
0: uh, him time. They, they were one of the they were one of the teams that I was flirting with, too. Maru who's been your most disappointing team of the year so far? Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with the Bengals. Uh,
1: I don't want to say teams like Green Bay or Dallas, to be honest. I didn't really expect them to do so good, at least at this point of the year. Dallas had that injury, you know, something, obviously. Keep, they're actually surprising me with how well they did. But um, I'm going to say, although they're one-and-one, one, the Denver Broncos, they are good, and I'm still really high on them. But – they drop so many balls. They have 20 the worst red zone team in the NFL, 22 plays in the red zone, zero touchdowns and oh. two turnovers, both one yard one, one yard line fumbles. And like the, the worst part about that is like I'd understand that if you did not have red Zone players, but pretty much your whole team are like red zone type of threats. You know you have three tight ends I think that you like to go to. Jerry Judy's somewhat more of a big body guy, you know. Cortland Sutton; those those should be guys that could perform. You got two perusers in the backfield that should be able to get you in there. Russell Wilson, who could scramble and run it in if no one's open. He's even looked cautious, like he doesn't want to put his body in harm's way. It's. Um, I think they're still going to be good. They are one and one, but they've been extremely disappointing. I think the talent's there, and they just need to start
0: clicking. My I. I love Vince, so I won't say what team I was no, anticipating yeah. saying. <laughs> but they have been disappointing. Let I love hear. Vince. I love Vince. I wouldn't do that to him. And they played a couple of tough teams, right? Like they they played yeah. two teams that most consider being a playoff team. Yeah. A team that hasn't played any quote unquote playoff teams. What the hell is happening with the Colts? Yeah, the Indianapolis Colts look so awful. They've scored a combined 20 points in two games. They just got goose egged by the fucking Jaguars um, tied against the Texans. They, I mean, this Colts team, I know they dealt with injuries last week, especially in the receiving department, but even Jonathan Taylor, they, they only got the guy nine carries 54 yards. And, yeah. I mean, it it's, I mean, could be a blessing in disguise because he's going to be a workhorse the rest of the year, but the Colts being Oh, one and one, starting the year against the Texans and the Jaguars is got to sound a, a red alert for what are you doing? Frank Reich. Um, I, it's, it's really tough to watch Matt Ryan play the way he has, but he leads the league in turnover worthy plays so far. Um, 60% completion percentage, which is not like him. I was talking before the season about how it feels like his arm is significantly less strong and it's the truth. I mean, His average yards per attempt is 6.8. It goes down a little every single year. And, yes, it's a small sample size. They have plenty of time. But I am just overly disappointed with the Colts so far. I'm excited to see what they can do when they get their defensive leader and Shaq Leonard back. But, I mean, Jaguars and Texans and you guys are 0-1-1. It just has to be unacceptable.
1: Yeah, I think um, one thing that really is just funny to me – and it's really like them the last three or four years, but uh, it's it's sad to see how much talent they wasted by settling on quarterbacks these last few years, you know, for yeah. getting a Phillip Rivers at the end of his career, for taking a risk on Carson Wentz and for, you know, getting Matt Ryan now, you know, they're they're good guys that you would assume are good enough to facilitate a game as opposed to, um, you know, going out there and getting just some real winners. But, you know, if you, if you really made some noise and tried to get someone to lead, You know, uh, it's it's it's,
0: they're they feel like the hospice for Hall of Fame quarterbacks. They're they're the center where they go to enjoy their soon-to-be death. Is is what's happening in Indianapolis right now? Yeah. Um, it's 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 ugly to watch, man. It really sucks because you're right. They have such a talented defense. It feels like their secondary was a little suspect on. Yeah. Um, it's they've been very disappointed. I'm sorry, Zudo. I know you love Matt Ryan. But he looks he
2: looks bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And
0: a little a little side note just on last game, last
1: game alone. Um, I know two years ago, I believe it was uh, Frank Reich went to the Colts and then Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz had their issue. And it made the Eagles look bad. And everybody was saying, was Frank Reich the reason the Eagles went to the Super Bowl? Um, You know, Doug Peterson's not really a good coach. He just had good coaches around him. And, yeah, that could have been true. But it was just. Funny as an Eagles fan to watch that game last week and say, okay, like the guy that you guys thought was the reason that you guys won the Super Bowl really just got goose egged by the actual coach that took you to it and won
0: against a very bad defense last year. That Doug Peterson has now taken over, and yes, they've had plenty of additions, but uh, I mean, man, oh man, did I like watching that Jaguars game? I took a money line, it was a great, great feeling. We just talked about most disappointing teams. Who has been your shocker so far? Who is the team where you've been pleasantly surprised? Yeah, my surprise team has to be the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins,
1: they're so fun to watch, you know. And I I was hating on Tua for a while, and he even looked ugly, I guess, in the first half of that game against Baltimore. But that second half, he really turned it on, and they put some elite weapons around him. Um, Both of the receivers, I think had at least 170 yards last game. They both had two touchdowns apiece. They, they were both top
0: 3 in fantasy.
1: Both top 3 in fantasy, played so hungry and just upset this divisional uh no, not divisional matchup, but this fellow AFC team that they very well could see in the playoffs. Yeah, and you know, and mm. that they matched up pretty well against in the past, you know, just to add on. And all this despite really not getting much action from um you know they're running back by committee although Raheem Oster did look nice so um they're so fun to watch and they're one of the more complete teams in the NFL and I think with a confident Tua they could they could really make some noise this year
0: I think I knew that all of us would take the the Dolphins and I just kind of <laughs> wanted to talk about them a little bit yeah um Mike McDaniel the guy has been fucking phenomenal yeah. the first two weeks um he knows how to scheme it They go into that fourth quarter and they're down by 25 or something, something crazy like that. A big, big number. They outscore the fucking Ravens 28 to three in the fourth quarter. I mean, if you can get your team to play for you when you're down that big going into the fourth quarter, something good is happening. There's good culture that's being built in Miami right now. Um, River Crawcraft caught a touchdown pass which is just insane to me. He's bringing all these X 49ers. Trent Shurfield had a couple of big plays. You just talked about Raheem Mostert, uh, Mike McDaniel rides for his guys. And I think that that team loves to play for him too, because they were all fired up. Tyreek was uninvolved like the first half and I was getting pissed off because I have him in fantasy a couple of different places. But I mean, the guy finished like Tyreek Hill would, he threw up the deuce, uh, Miami's just been so fun, and I I really hope they are a playoff team because their jerseys are phenomenal, and they're a fun offense to watch. When you have two speedy guys like Waddle and Hill, um, that's really tough to cover. You need to have some good corners. Zudo, I'm guessing you had the Dolphins for this one as well.
2: I I did, but now that I, I like where I'm tilting towards, I like my pick now. You know, I've accepted it, and I'm going with the Detroit Lions, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Dan Campbell's got this team. They they believe in each other. The heart, like we were talking about earlier, I mean Jared Goff. I mean you know he he's he's doing his thing, but he's got <laughs> he's got the weapons. That's what matters. It's, it's, don't we all have to talk about Jared Goff? You know you got Swift and Saint Brown. Saint Brown's got what like twenty four targets on the year, two games like that's insane. The defense actually looks like they're playing with a lot of effort. Um, what's his name? Uh, I can't think the safety Tracy Walker. He looked really good last game, too. Like, I just think I'm bought in on this team. I think that division is up for grabs. And so far, they've been my surprise of the year behind the Dolphins.
0: Jared Gossman, awesome. Six touchdowns, one interception. Offensive lines kept his jersey clean, only four sacks on the year. He's he's,
2: he's look good. The
0: the, the completion percentage is ugly, and um, there are some drives that stall out really fast, but they just have such a dynamic group. And if DeAndre Swift can stay healthy, which I really hope he can. um, I I hope I'm reading this right. Yeah, 20 attempts, 200 yards. That's
2: insane. He's
0: averaging 10 yards a carry. He's obviously broke off a couple huge plays, but – Man, oh, man, they look fun. Jamal Williams is a guy that people want to play for as well. So I, I oh, think this team yeah. – And TJ Hawkinson hasn't been good so far. You know, yeah. like imagine yeah. if they unlock TJ Hawkinson. Imagine when they get Jamison Williams. This team could make some noise if their defense can hold up, if Jeff Okuda can continue to play well. Um, yeah. This this could be a really good team. So, I, In I a like very that mediocre pick. division.
1: You know, there's, yeah, there's some high open. ceiling with some of those teams. You can't count out Aaron Rodgers. Minnesota, despite their game yesterday, have a, a very good
0: offense. But
1: yeah, if there's any
0: division they can make it out of, it's that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, last question of the day, then we'll get out of here. Who do you guys have taken the AFC South? We've talked a lot about how shitty everybody's been, but the Jaguars currently lead this league. Again, it's two games. We have a small sample size, but we're trying to run with it, okay, people one and one they lead the lead they lead that division they're number one in the afc south who do you think is going to take it i'm going to have to go to the jaguars I, I don't think houston has enough
1: i don't think um i think tennessee is going to have to figure i mean we seen malik willis play yesterday you know that's not a good sign when you're having quarterback controversy in week two so i mean i think they still got some figuring out they need to do the Colts. um, One game back, they could still figure it out. You know, they got some guys hurt that that are going to come back. But, but, you know, you got some elite weapons and the best quarterback in that division on the Jaguars. Um, Have a Super Bowl coach. You know, uh, if there's anyone I'm going to ride with, it's going to be them.
0: Yeah, I I also I really like the Jaguars and I I liked them before the season. And that's kind of why I wanted to talk about them a little bit. Uh, I think it's going to be between them and the Colts. Obviously, you can't completely freak out on the Titans because Mike Rabel is a dog and he's a fantastic head coach. But Ryan Tannehill does not look like he has it so far. Um, I mean, losing to the Giants week one's ugly and then getting absolutely smoked by the Bills next week. So Vegas currently has a line against the Titans and the Raiders at even. And I think that is preposterous. Um, so hmm. call 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a problem, but I like that wager this week, people. Mm-hmm. Zudo, who do you think is going to take the AFC South?
2: Uh, the Jaguars.
0: Oh, I, no, we
2: can't I echo, the board. Don't tell
1: Matt Ryan. <laughs> no. I, I
2: echo everything y'all say, and I'm so excited for Trevor Lawrence. I was a big Trevor Lawrence believer coming in to, or him coming into the NFL, and it's nice seeing him having a competent head coach. Um, in a team invest in, put weapons around him. Like Christian Kirk, everyone thought weapons, but like Christian Kirk has, has done his job. So, you know, ETN for fantasy wise, maybe hasn't been great, but I, I think ETN and James Robinson, that's a great duo to have. So I think the Jaguars are going to grow throughout this year and not look back.
0: I'll tell you what the, the Colts, they play the chiefs next week. So that's a really tough matchup. Um, they could easily be and three and I still wouldn't be uh, like considering Outing them out. out. Yeah. But they they go against Tennessee at Denver versus Jacksonville at Tennessee again. They need to take three of those four, or I think this team's I, I think they're in big, big trouble. Um, we'll be back next week to we'll have a larger sample size to work with and we'll we'll do a little bit more of our segments. Um, but appreciate you guys tuning in today. As always, go to royalretros.com, use promo code UPSIDEPLAY. get 10% off that order. Go Niners.